0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: the word, I tried the people to vote for me. And then on the day of the awards, I was getting ready to go to the awards. And then my mom called me. There was a personal issue I had to take care of because I had to drive to a house. And the organisers were calling me, oh, you're not here yet, it's red carpet time. And I'm like, oh, I'm just on my way to yeah. my mom's. I'm going to try and make the main event. So oh, you almost didn't make it. I didn't even make it at all. <laughs> oh, really? You know? And then, um, even though I really wanted to go, yeah, um, I just was dressed really in fact, yeah. I was dressed up in my dress yeah. to go to my mom's 'Cause I was getting ready to go to the car when she and it was a hustle, it was a hassle to put that dress on <laughs> And I'm thinking I could still make it yeah. to you know to the event. So I'll just leave the dress and go to have and but it I just couldn't make it. And then I got a call saying, um, you won the award. I was like a oh, wow. And then we said, Oh the kitchen is one to look again, <laughs> there's all these people and you mean I yeah. won.
2: It was, it was really hot. Hi everyone you're listening to item 13 podcast and I'm your host Yom Tego. Every week we'll delve into the world of African food including chefs curators and bloggers. I hope you enjoy it. This week I speak to Bukola Tinko also known as Buki a Nigerian food blogger, food consultant and recipe developer. She's a self-taught chef who loves creating beautiful yet flavorful dishes. She inspires everyone to cook with simple, easy-to-follow recipes on her YouTube channel, Buki's Kitchen News, and meal inspiration on Instagram, at News. She's also the 2017 Eloy Award Female Chef of the Year. Our discussion in Lagos covered a range of topics, including her start in breakfast delivery businesses in Abuja, to creating highly engaging local content for the Nigerian market. Here's the episode. So, welcome to item 13, Bookie. I'm excited to have you here today. Thank you for having me. Um, so, why don't we start by you telling us a little bit about yourself, growing up, your background, and all of that good stuff? Okay.
1: Um, my name is Bookie, I'm from Lagos, Nigeria. I'm um, the third of three girls okay. um, I grew up in Lagos mostly
2: talking about growing up what was it like how did you get your love for cooking
1: I okay, guess so growing up um, we were all girls and my mom used to she was the type of person that made us cook all the time mm. so that was her way of teaching us how to cook she would make you she would say okay today it's jollof rice for lunch and she will tell you lemon pepper um cut the onions, okay. put the pot on the stove, put the oil in. Yeah. So we had to do all of that, and that is how I developed my love for okay. cooking. I started cooking at the age of nine. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and all of my sisters too, probably before that age, because, of course, they had to look after right. everybody else yeah. from <laughs> the house. So, yeah, my mom made sure. We were in the kitchen a lot. We had to cook the things that we wanted right. to eat. She was not having any fussy to eat. <laughs> if you don't want to eat what she's made, then you're going to learn how to make Make it yourself, foods. yeah.
2: Cool. And then you started your, let's say, your career in food, in catering. So how did you end up in catering? And then how did that transition sort of into blogging? Well,
1: the catering started, it was, it started as a breakfast delivery service. I started I found that there was a need for people in the city where I live which which was Abuja I found out that um, a lot of people at work they either didn't have time to make their own breakfast or they just didn't want to and would rather maybe grab a coffee on the way to work and that sort of thing so I found out there was a need for that and I started to um make it for them okay. so uh, it was during the course of that I had done that for a couple of months and then one of my customers because I was catering to the corporate crowd mm-hmm. so one of my clients asked me if I would do lunch for them also they were an organization that had just started and they, they had a lot of their workload was mm-hmm. huge and they didn't want their staff taking time out to go to lunch. So they wanted someone to bring the lunch to them. So that was how okay. I introduced lunch. And then the next thing I was catering their uh, meetings, and they were in an office building. The other you know tenants in the building started to ask about the food service, and then I started to cater to them. And then they told other people, and you know from there people found out, and that was how the catering side of it was mm-hmm. born. So even it was mostly corporate catering. I corporate I. They partner at catered corporate events and their social functions also
2: So how did you Because catering, I think, is a hard business right it's not straightforward. I think cooking for a family mm-hmm. of four is different for, from cooking for even 50 people catering Right
1: is different from cooking at home. First of all, you have to take into consideration that you're cooking for people with varied taste. Mm-hmm. You know, these people will like different things. They may not like it how you make it, so you have to bear all of this in mind when you're making any of these things um, for catering. It's a I don't want to use the word difficult, but you have to have a passion for it because you can get frustrated and tired really quickly. Um, there's so many facets to it and if you're not if you don't love what you're doing you're just going to get really tired and frustrated
2: so how did you learn then uh, the business of catering, if you will right so for you I think getting the clients it seems to be uh, um, organic thing, right? You cook for somebody in a particular building and sort of with time, the people in that building came on and that's sort of how it grew. Um, but how did you think about things like packaging, carrying the food, making sure it's the right temperature by the time it gets there, like setting up and all of that stuff, right?
1: Well, because I was doing breakfast delivery from so, the start, that's right. I had all of, I had the bags, um uh, the insulation bags to keep it, you know, reasonably hot by the time it got to the customer. Um thankfully in the city where I lived it was a really small city so getting from one point to the other wasn't it would take you that, you know, much time. But still we had to keep the food fairly um hot or warm and in a condition where it's not um stocky. So depending on what you were delivering, maybe bread or something, you were trying to keep in a way that you don't get Soggy, so we took our packaging really seriously because otherwise your customers will complain. We took the packaging um, seriously, we took delivery times seriously also.
2: Well, that's good because delivery times here, at least in Lagos, because I mean, you said it was Abuja, right? So a little bit smaller than Lagos. Mm -hmm. Um, I was talking to somebody about delivery, and delivery in Lagos and Accra also is just people can't seem to get it right. It takes so long, even for the simplest thing, it just takes a really long long time.
1: It can be difficult in Lagos. There's a lot of traffic in yes. Lagos. There's a lot but don't.
2: Of people. But, but in the careers they're riding bikes, for example. So when they give me the traffic <laughs> excuse, I find it a little bit because you're on a bike, so you're not yes, as you. const, as constrained as those in a car, for example.
1: Well, even those on a bike sometimes. Riding right a bike is really dangerous, yeah. so I suppose mm-hmm. that the bike riders have to be really careful. Mm. And then, if you're carrying food, yeah, you don't want you it to have, exactly. exactly. No. You don't want it to spill. You don't want it to move. You don't want it to. You know, okay. So you
2: have to be. I'll, I'll give them that. <laughs> you have to be really careful. I'll give them that. Okay, so now let's transition to what you do now in terms of food and lifestyle blogging. So, how did you move from doing catering into the
1: food blogging business? Um, so I relocated. Really okay. But before I relocated, I wanted to share the idea that it isn't difficult to cook because, because I cater, I used to do it every day, and people would marvel at the fact that you're in the kitchen every day. And I'm thinking, apart from the fact that I like what I'm doing, it's not really difficult Mm -hmm. to cook five, six different things every day. Maybe it is, but (laughs) to the average person, (laughs) you know what I mean. You can. I can comfortably cook two, three, four things a day. And I wanted to share the idea that you don't have to spend so much time. Um, I know that growing up, even the simplest meals used to take my mom a while to cook, but with the... Um, introduction of all these new gadgets we have in the kitchen you cut your cooking time by half. We have the pressure cooker, you have the food processor, you have all these things that cut your cooking time down considerably. So I try to tell people that you don't have to spend so much time in the kitchen. You can also I like to tell people you can prep. You know if you know what you're cooking tomorrow, for instance, you can prep today and just that's a good, that's a and good just store yeah. it away I and mean, then tomorrow you just put it together and it's much easier that way. If you need to go um, to the market to buy your ingredients, don't do it on the same day that you want to cook it because otherwise you've made yeah. tired. Going to the market alone is, is, <laughs> is a skill and you know, it, it can take some time, and then you get home, you have to prep, and then you have to cook. And then that is really, you're already spending three, four hours in the kitchen, you know. So I wanted to share the idea that cooking is not that difficult. You don't have to be intimidated by cooking. I wanted to share my recipes. I wanted to share this idea. I wanted to share kitchen tips. That is how I got into food blogging. Okay.
2: So did you then start by taking pictures and writing it up because you have some really and we'll get into like your videos which are so impressive. Um, and I like let maybe let's start with the written and the picture stuff. So you decide you want to share tips. You want to show people it's easy. What's your first step? If you want? So my first
1: step was how am I going to share all these mm-hmm. ideas that I have? Um, I spoke to a friend and she said just get a YouTube channel. So I thought oh, yeah, if I get a YouTube channel I can record mm-hmm. videos and put on there, and you know it goes out. Well, I was thinking, I was thinking <laughs> when you are recording everybody just yeah. sees it, you know. But of course, that's not how it works. So I record the videos. I try to show the process in the videos, and I put it out there. And then I would get maybe four views and one comment in one week. Um, but of course, as time went on, right. ten people started yeah. to view my video, and then were <laughs>
2: That's what people think now these days. They think, oh, you start and then you get to, you know, ten no, K followers and all of that right away. Okay, it takes do, time, yeah. Do not.
1: It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of work. It takes commitment. Mm. It takes consistency. So if you really don't like doing what you do, <laughs> it's going to be tough.
2: Yeah, and it will feel like
1: work, right? It will feel like work. I've been doing this blogging for almost two years now.
2: Two years. Uh-huh. Are you serious? I- Oh wow, good, well, I'm even more impressed Does it
1: feel just, like that? No, just
2: with, with the number of followers You have and the engagement It seems like that's something that would take I don't know, 10 years to sort of build Well so Well that's impressive eh It did take time it did take But two years, time. even you have to admit That's impressive For the following you have and the engagement That you have online you should take it. Women, I don't know why women are shy of taking it. And a guy will be like, Yes, <laughs> I well, did that. I have a
1: considerable number of following mm-hmm. on YouTube and on my Instagram. Yeah. YouTube is a difficult platform. Um, It's not as yeah. easy as Instagram, and I'm still trying to figure out why. Um, it's easier for me to post things on Instagram because I just do it on my right, phone. Yeah. Um, I can edit and post right. on the go yes. but for YouTube I have to settle down, mm-hmm. and I have to plan um the content that I've put out on YouTube. So maybe that is why I mean I don't know, maybe that is why it takes sometimes because yeah. I post every day on Instagram, mm-hmm. sometimes twice a day. Yeah. But on YouTube I post once a week. Okay. So it's still
2: even a lot, hey?
1: Well, yes, yeah, if I could get it to two times a week, <laughs> I'll be really happy. But at the moment I'm only able to do one once a yeah. week and so that goes out and then people have to wait seven days yeah, for my next content to, to come out solid. but so then you're up.
2: still feeding them on Instagram I'm still so. feeding
1: them on Instagram and I'm still directing them to right. YouTube because Instagram really yeah. you're only allowed to do 67 right. videos but on YouTube you can have longer videos so I do the short ones for Instagram and still direct people right. to see a totally different content mm. on YouTube. Okay
2: so let's talk about the name I was going to ask you that early on how, wh- how did you come up with the name the Kitchen Muse? Well
1: it's not anything. Or did you is,
2: is that for the last year is that what it's been or? For the last two years okay. that's what it's been.
1: Uh, for the catering business, it was called something else, okay. called Breakfast place. Um, the kitchen news I don't know, I it, it just came to me, yeah. I thought, you know, um, it's about the kitchen, it's about food and
2: inspiration. Also, and I, I, I think about meals. the word news, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, you also said you do t- you do develop recipes and do consulting work with with brands, so let's talk about that in terms of. How do you work with brands? When do they approach you? Do you approach them? When they approach you, what what types of things are they looking for?
1: With the brands I've worked with so far, they want uh, content to help promote their brand. Okay. So some of them have a product that they're trying to push. Mm-hmm. So they would ask me if I could, for instance, shoot a video, yeah. use that product, and then they would post it on their platform okay. to promote yeah. that product sometimes they just want me to um just shoot a recipe yeah. video for them um maybe some nigerian food recipe right. just shoot a video and then we'll use it on our website okay. just to keep our food section right. going yeah. so those types of things are the things that they come to me for it's mostly videos okay. some one or two come for articles but it's mostly food for you. Okay.
2: And then, if when you're doing the recipes for them using their products, etc., cetera, um, and thinking about what sort of recipes you want to do to showcase their particular brand, are you thinking about redoing some of your own recipes or do you sit back and think, oh, I'm going to do something completely new and, and try to think of how do I make this different or special for this particular brand?
1: So I try to think, because I also have to keep my followers in Correct. right. So when I'm working with a brand mm-hmm. and I want to do something new, something I haven't done before, this um, is also good for them. So it's different from what I already have on my platform and it just shows that I can be um, diverse mm-hmm. So I try to come up with something new, and also I'm feeding my followers something different.
2: Right. Also, okay, cool. In um, twenty seventeen last year. God, time is just flying. Like 2017 last year. <laughs> You won this um, award for Chef of the Year, the Eloy Elo- Award. Eloy, is that how you say that? Um, what was that like when you got the call? And what was the process? Was it by nomination? And what was that like when you got
1: the call or
2: the email that you won? the was nomination. Okay.
1: I had been seeing the Eloy Awards year after year, but mm-hmm. I never really paid attention to it. And um, I just didn't think it applied to me. Right. And on Monday, I woke up and I had several messages on my phone. There were mentions on Instagram, yeah. you know, people that, first of all, Eloy Worlds had posted right. um, a picture of me saying that oh, I was nominated. Okay. I don't know how that happened, <laughs> but they posted a picture of me saying that I was nominated right. for Chef of the Year, but of course people had to vote for right? me. So they put my handle there, and then people were reposting this, and my friends that had seen it right. were tagging me, and, you know, I just woke up that morning with tons of messages. And I'm thinking, what is all this about Eloy mm-hmm. was. I mean, I know right. Eloy was, but why is my name attached yeah. to it, you know? then I read through it, and I'm thinking, oh, wow. I've been mm-hmm. nominated as Chef of the Year. And then I looked for the category and I'm thinking, oh, mm-hmm. there's no way I'm winning this So I didn't really do anything about it. And then as time went on, you know, people took it upon themselves to repost and try to get people to vote for me. And then I thought, okay, maybe there's a chance in this. <laughs> <laughs> a chance, you know, they have big names in that category. Yeah. They've Been doing this way longer than I have, so I didn't even think I stood a chance. I thought, okay, at least I'll try, and I can always say that I tried. Yeah. You know, even being nominated was huge for me. Yeah. So I put out the word. I tried to get people to vote for me, and then on the day of the awards, I was getting ready to go to the awards, and then my mom called me. There was a personal issue I had to take care of, so because I had to drive to a house. And the organisers were calling me, oh, you're not here yet, it's red carpet time. And I'm like, oh, I'm just on my way to yeah. my mom's. I'm going to try and make the main event show. Sure, so you I'm almost going. didn't make it? I didn't even make it at all. Oh, really? You know? And then, um, even though I really wanted to go, yeah, um, I was just right dressed here. in fact, I yeah. was dressed up in my dress yeah. to go to my mom's. I was getting ready to go to the car when she called, and it was a host, it was a hassle to put that dress on. To <laughs> and I'm thinking I could still make it, yeah. to, you know, to the event. So I'll just leave the dress and go to have never I just couldn't make it. And then I got a call saying um, you won the award. I'm like, I baby not oh, wow. and the lady said, oh, get the kitchen news won. Yeah, yeah. To look again. <laughs> There's all these people, and you mean I won? Yeah. It, was, it was really humbling for me. Yeah, that's
2: good. I think that's a, and like, even I'm saying I'm impressed. Like, two years, it you've done a lot just seeing me your content. feel like
1: what I'm doing is not a waste of time. Because, mm-hmm. of course, putting out these videos, I don't get paid. Right. Yeah. I'm just doing this purely based on passion. Right. I put the videos out a couple of times a week on um, Instagram, a couple mm-hmm. of times a uh, the weekends on Instagram and I don't get I don't get paid right. for any of that. So the award just made me feel like you're not know, wasting your time. Yeah. People actually want to see what you're doing. People are interested in what you're doing and that was that really made oh,
2: that's cool. Um so let's talk a little bit about so I mean Lagos today for those who are listening and uh, I'm Ghanaian as most people know. Let's try to give people that are listening because we have listeners sort of all over the world, mm-hmm. the crash course on Nigerian food. Even I that call myself a, like an African foodie, I really don't know. I mean, the extent to which I know Nigerian food is Nigerian <laughs> <laughs> we I think, and that's that's about it. So if someone who is new to Nigerian food, like let's give them a high level, like what are the components of Typical although I know just even from my experience in Ghana that probably different regions, different cultures have different things, but like on a high level, like what would you find in what you would call a typical Nigerian meal? A
1: typical Nigerian meal consists of proteins, calves and vegetable. So um jollof is very high on Nigerian meal. <laughs> yeah. I think next Maybe a goosey soup, okay. and then there's a forero. Okay. So all of these things we cook for the soups. We cook with protein, okay. fish, chicken, beef, that sort of thing. And then we try to incorporate um, vegetables okay. in it. And then of course we're eating some type of swallow, which is a cow, some fibre, some with starch, some with, you know. So that's a typical Nigerian mm-hmm. meal. And of course we have the jollof rice. And because people are conscious <laughs> of their health these days, they put some vegetables in their uh, yeah. jollof, even though I don't go that way. Right. My jollof is plain with just the tomatoes and all. Yeah, meat.
2: because I read some, which I actually never thought about, but I read somewhere that it, it then gives the tendency for jollof to spoil quicker because of the vegetables. The veggies, yeah, yes. I think that the
1: people it. that cook jollof with vegetables, they probably consume it all that day. Okay. But just like we know that fried rice doesn't keep for yeah. a very long time because of the vegetables. Yeah um they just have it has a tendency to ruin the, the meal. Mm-hmm. So and um, that's not really why I don't eat vegetables. I just, I didn't grow up eating it in my jungle friends yeah. so I just keep it. I like to make my nails the traditional way that I was taught growing up. And of course, it's different from how other people yeah. have thought. And you would find, you would notice that in my comment section <laughs> when I post videos and people are like, no, you don't do it right. that way. But I, I try to say to them, these different ways yeah. to look in mail. Yeah. Egusi um, soup is popularly eaten in Nigeria, mm. but all of the regions, all of the regions mm. that eat egusi soup cook it differently, okay. and we can't say that this is the right the one way. We just cook. know that it's tasty. I would love it. So we eat. <laughs> okay,
2: all right, and I'm sure you know now, being a food analyst, but particularly food food blogger, that African food has become this. Over the last couple of years, it seems like you entered at the right time. <laughs> it seems like African food has become this big international trend where people from Jamie Oliver to Anthony Bourdain have traveled to all parts of Africa. Jamie Oliver making jollof and that being a huge outcry about whether it's really, truly really jollof. Um, what do you think about the, the quote-unquote trend? And then do you feel pressure to um, keep... What you're making as authentic as possible to sort of actually, you've mentioned that a little bit in terms of the comments that people make, especially I, I shouldn't say Africans broadly, I'll say Ghanaians and Nigerians because that's that's what I'm familiar with. Can be very picky and, um, and picky is being polite, <laughs> very picky about changing what they consider authentic recipes, right? Yes,
1: well, for starters, a lot of the things that we eat. I couldn't even tell you where they originated Mm -hmm. from. So what you term authentic is just based on what you know and what you think is authentic. Somebody else from a different region may think otherwise. So Jimmy, uh, Oliver, cooking jollof rice. First of all, jollof rice is Nigeria's national dish. (laughs) And we have our way of preparing it. And maybe there's two, three different ways, mm-hmm. but they're all similar. Right. So if you go outside of that, then of course you're right. not cooking um, Nigerian jollof rice and you shouldn't even call it yeah. jollof rice. Even between Nigeria and Ghana, yeah. we still have similarities in our jollof rice. And if you don't cook it in any way similar to Nigerian jollof or Ghana jollof, yeah. then you don't call it jollof rice, yeah. just call it some type of rice. rice and, and we'll be yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: Okay. Um, uh, what about African fusion food? So staying on the topic of international trends, so there's a lot of what people are calling fusion, where they are doing African food with a twist. I, I'm sure you've heard of Equi in London that's actually going... Sort of way I think over <laughs> on the fusion bit, like what are your thoughts on again, it comes back to authenticity versus being creative, right? What are your thoughts on African fusion food?
1: Well, I think that the way that we typically eat, the way Africans typically eat their food may have um, we keep it that way because of the kind of palate that we have, mm-hmm. and if you get Europeans. For instance, they don't season their food a lot, so our food will taste different. So when it comes to the fusion, I think that people are just trying to um, create the same dish, you know, but in a way that it would appeal to a different... to a different group Mm. of people from a different part of the world, hence the fusion, you know, we're trying to keep the African tradition alive but we're also trying to introduce other people to it some of the herbs and spices that we cook with are um, can be turned strong and really deep yeah. and these people are not used to things like that so I think that the people that, um, like the Ekoi for instance, I think, yeah. are just trying to uh, make the food appeal to other people that are not right. Africans, which yeah. is a good thing because it puts um, African food on the map right. in other places African food, just the way that we eat um Chinese, Chinese, and Mexican, food, yeah. Thai, in Africa, they should also be able right. to have African yeah. food. But of course, it's now developed yeah. for their right. and it may be slightly different.
2: Yeah, and I mean, when you think about it, um, if you if you go outside, like Chinese people will tell you that what's being sold in Chinese restaurants for them is not authentic Chinese food, right? So, it's about adapting to the taste mm-hmm. of the people in the audience that you're going to be serving, exactly. right?
1: Um, so I had that experience with Chinese food bombs. I went to China in 2010 and I was very excited because of course I like yeah. Chinese but the Chinese that we were served in England yeah. and Nigeria. So going to China I was really excited I was going to eat a lot of Chinese food, special fried yeah. rice, um, you know all their sauces and I went to the restaurant and it was so different. Yeah. And I would ask, I want this, I want that, they're like, first of all, language is a barrier to right. so describe yeah. what you want. But you're looking at the menu and you don't say anything close. <laughs> you go to this restaurant, you go to this place, fast food, right. even fast food restaurants. KFC in China have adapted their menu to their Chinese yeah. audience. So KFC in China is way different <laughs> from what you would yeah. get there. It's it's just really
2: crazy. Yeah, actually that's a good point then in terms of thinking about how places like Icoya and other people are doing fusion, it's a good way of, you know, introducing people to African food and meeting them where they are I feel and maybe exactly. Maybe then they become curious, so then when they come and visit, like a Lagos, Accra, Johannesburg, then they like, they will go out of their way to look for African food versus staying in the hotel and eating the continental food. So that's a fair, like, I actually haven't thought about it that way, but that's
1: a fair, yeah, fair, I fair think point that we're meeting them halfway, yeah, by making the foods that way, but still trying to keep some like of the a attention. little bit. Um,
2: so, okay, good. So I think this is a good time to take a short break. And then when we come back, we'll delve more into the business of food blogging and then your other your other ventures also. that you. Go. Okay, so welcome back from the break. Now we're going to talk a little bit more about the food blogging scene in Lagos, how you got... Really, the the specific steps you got and you took into getting into blogging, and then delve a little bit more into your process or try to go into your brain (laughs) and figure out how it works. So, you moved to Lagos to do this. How, what are you enjoying most about you know blogging, and then what don't you enjoy as much? Like, I'll say, for example, like this podcasting thing I just started, I really enjoy talking to people, hearing their stories, but like the post production and editing. and I think about all the work I have to do after, it's just it's not.
1: really the post-production, that's yeah. for me also. Um, the cooking, not so much, right. but then doing the work that it takes to put the video out there mm-hmm. for other people to see. So you have to edit it, you have to put the sound, you have to, all of that is just a tedious process. I can take an hour and a half to shoot a video, mm-hmm. but then it will take me two days to edit it. And even then, on the second day, I'm still not happy. I still want to go over this and do this and do that. And it's just a really tedious process. If I could just put my videos out the way it's recorded, I may be able to put out a video every day.
2: Yeah, I know. I feel the same way. I feel like if I could just speak and then somehow it just goes out there edited cleanly, (laughs) I didn't have to worry about that. I would do that all the time. Um, and then in terms of blogging and consistency, you actually mentioned that a little bit in the first half, like the schedule that you have in terms of twice um, twice a week or twice a day actually on Instagram, about once a week on um, YouTube. It's it's
1: happening twice a day on Instagram. Mm. It's mostly once a day okay. on Instagram and then once a week on YouTube. Okay. Um, the process of that... It actually, even though people don't see what happens behind the scenes, I try to shoot behind the scenes videos and put on my own right, stories, but yeah. even though I can't be consistent with because that's just a whole separate, separate yeah. work that I have to do with the other things that I have to do. <laughs> so basically, I shoot a video, I have to edit it, mm-hmm. and then I have to. So depending on when I want to put it out yeah. for my YouTube, my videos go out on Mondays. Okay. So it means that the week before, or sometime way before, yeah. sometimes way before, that I have to have recorded right. and edited, it and it's just sitting okay, and so. waiting for Monday for it to go out. Yeah. Um, so it actually, I'm the photographer. I don't have anybody else that does this. I am just me. going to ask you. I'm the you. photographer. I set up myself, I put my cameras up, I put my lights up, I set the pan, I cook, I wash the dishes, Mm -hmm. then start the other half of it, depending on what it is I'm cooking. I do that, finish up, then I have to take the memory cards out, transfer it to my computer, and just wait till I have time to edit it. Mm -hmm. Then I edit. It's a long process. But um, this is
2: the job So I even even, even before you Take the video and all of that stuff You also have to have an idea Of the recipe that you're going to do What yes. you're going to do So where do you get that inspiration Constant inspiration Because you're bringing out content all the time My inspiration pretty much Comes from my
1: everyday life um, Sometimes I just Open the fridge and I just see Something sticking out yeah. or oh, this has been, you know, here for a while, what am I going to do with it sort of thing? Or I go out and I eat something and i thinking, oh, I can make a video of this yeah. and show my followers how it's made. So my inspiration really comes from everywhere okay. and from everything. Okay.
2: And so then the so you so when you say you open your fridge and what's in there you cook, so then is it also what you end up cooking for your family? Is that what your family
1: is going to eat that day essentially? Oh yes, because the food can be also used. <laughs> so whatever I cook. It's not just you know, for sure. It's not for sure. Everything <laughs> I cook we have to eat. Okay. Um, and because I have a small family. I can't really cook two slices of yam for YouTube. I have to cook a sizable amount. So sometimes, even when we've had it, we still have leftovers. And um, when my friends come, they tend to take some of them. They help me out and take the food away. Yeah. Otherwise, they will just go to waste.
2: Okay. So you said you do this all yourself, video photography, all of that. Did you take lessons? How, how did you? Because I watched um, this week the new uh, video you have on YouTube, I think, not Instagram, it's probably YouTube, with the bean pottage. And just that shooting is um, the close-ups. Like, you feel like you're in the kitchen. You're like, I want this food now. How did you, like, learn that?
1: Because well, it's so effective. video that you saw, I only, I think... No, that was the second video I was doing in that style. Mm. So I only started doing that style of shooting recently. Okay. Um, those recipes that you see, even though I haven't typed the Ramadan recipes, yeah. I'm doing Ramadan uh-huh. inspiration Ooh, okay. for people. So those videos have been going out twice a week. Okay. There's sort of inspiration for people during mm. Ramadan for Iftar, yeah. and some of them for in or Um I didn't take any classes. Initially, when I started in 2016, I had a very um, good friend who had a production company Mm -hmm. that used to shoot my videos for me, but then they got busy, and of course our schedules would clash, and they couldn't do it, or I wouldn't be free when they had the time, or they wouldn't be free Mm -hmm. when I had the time. So I had to learn how to do it all myself. From all the times that they've done it, I see how they set up, I see how to shoot so I basically just ask questions if I want to do this this way what do I do if I want to achieve this look what do I need to do so I knew first I had to buy a camera and I had to get lights because the lighting in my kitchen is not great so I had to buy lights and it's not enough to just have all of this stuff you have to know how to use it that's
2: exactly what I was thinking I mean you can buy all the expensive equipment in the world but if you don't know how to use it
1: wow so I had to learn on the go I would just call people up, um, photographers, yeah. you know, people, I just ask them, oh, I'm trying to do this, what do I do? I had, so I used Adobe Premiere Pro mm-hmm. to edit my videos, and two years ago, I had no idea what that was. I had never heard of yeah. it, I didn't even know how to use it. I didn't take a class, I didn't take, they, right. I don't have any formal training for it, but I sit at the computer and... Oh my goodness, those it. videos look professionally,
2: stopped. professionally done. Thank
1: you, <laughs> thank you. When I get stuck, I just pick up the phone and call someone, oh, I'm trying to do this, what should I do? And they said, okay, click on this, do this, and then you do this. Aww. And then of course, from doing it over time, you learn. Mm-hmm. But the stuff I know how to do is for my food okay. videos. I couldn't do this for somebody in fashion. Yeah. Because I wouldn't know what they right. need and how to go about. So all of this is just this So nobody should be there. calling you to shoot their wedding video. Or yeah, because like that.
2: I <laughs> okay. You you touched on this a little bit. I was gonna ask you if you try to incorporate food trends into your cooking. So I wouldn't say Ramadan is a food trend, but like doing Iftar for example, you're thinking about the time of the year we're in and how the recipes you are making um will Sort of um reach your audience in a different way based on the time that we're in, but then there's also trends like people are becoming more vegetarian, vegan gluten free all sorts of free <laughs> um,
1: yes yeah. so as with as for the trends, I try to do. What I can, yeah. my trends usually follow like holidays, so maybe Mother's Day, yeah. Father's Day, Children's Day, um, Christmas, Easter, and I create recipes to go with that sort of um, holiday yeah. for the healthy, free, and um, vegan and vegetarian, and um, you know that sort of thing. I don't have a lot of recipes, but I try when I can. Um, for instance, I have a video for seafood opera which doesn't have any element no. so, that
2: would be considered sacrilege
1: <laughs> well for some people yes. well, people are trying to eat um, healthy, healthy yeah. and trying to eat the Nigerian or African right. foods, but still you know make it healthy Mm. so um, I have that seafood for instance that has no oil in it I have some other stuff that I made that I've tried to cut out oil and then this oatmeal fufu I had that video years ago two years ago actually Um, I did the oatmeal fufu so that replaces your
2: right and 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 I do remember I think yeah, it was you that did, you know, when there was a, either it was a tomato shortage or just tomato prices were through the roof in, in, in yes, Lagos or were, Nigeria. Um
1: that was also two years ago. There was a scarcity of tomatoes and if you did find, you would get maybe four pieces for 500 naira. when, before that, you would get maybe 20 or 30 okay. pieces oh, wow. okay. for that. So it was crazy. And I didn't come up with the idea, yeah. however, I tried to look into it and see what people were doing yeah. to um, to adjust to the situation. Yeah. And I found out that there were alternatives um, to tomatoes exactly. that you can use in making a stew, which was carrots. So carrots are sweet and... Um, you have that flavor profile right. in tomatoes as well, but also you have the slightly sour, tangy taste, okay. which we then use vinegar or lemon juice oh, for too. to achieve yeah. that. Sort oh, that's of interesting.
2: Carrots. So, what do you do with the carrots then?
1: You blend the carrots just oh, as okay. so you would your tomatoes. Your like, do you you boil
2: them down the first, right? Because it's in the hard. Yes, okay. in that
1: recipe that I made I boiled okay. everything first So the carrots, the ginger, okay. the garlic The okay. tomatoes, okay. the onions I cooked it first And then I blended mm. it first, yeah. That makes it softer and just yeah. easy to process okay. So I blended it okay. And I you need would to try carry this. Um, the people, I had a couple of people taste the yeah. stew and they had no idea if I had mentioned it to so them. They wouldn't would know. One. And a couple of other people had the same recipes and the people that tried it, of course, they yeah. didn't know. So it was, it was a really good thing. That's that so interesting we that you even
2: think about, you just don't say, okay, I'm going to use carrots mm-hmm. to play okay, tomatoes, but you think about the flavor profile of sweet and you're adding lemon and vinegar to make sure that the mm-hmm. result is mm-hmm. as close to, it's to tomatoes as it is. That's, to. that's, oh my gosh. <laughs> good, good stuff. Okay, so um, what's next for Kitchen News? Now you've been around two years. You have almost thirty k followers on Instagram, almost ten getting to ten on YouTube. What's next? What's um, what am um, I looking doing first,
1: Before I even started blogging, okay. I've been into business. I've done all kinds of business yeah. before, so that is my thing. I'm still into business. Um, Right now, um, I just, for a reason, in the last couple of weeks, started running an event center oh. uh, based on the island in Lagos. Okay. Um, it, caters t- it caters to the smaller crowd, okay. so 100 to 200 people. Oh, wow, um, is that a thing in Lagos? That's what we call a small crowd okay. uh, event, especially when they celebrating weddings yeah. and birthday parties They usually here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we cater to the smaller crowds of 100 to 200 okay. people. So I'm running that event centre in Lekki right now. I also have plans um, to run a summer camp in a couple of months for kids. Um, so it's a cooking summer camp that I'm oh, on. Yes. Um, Do you have
2: a name for it yet that you want to share so when it comes out? I
1: haven't decided on the name just yet. I'm developing the content of it.
2: Oh, that's so um, cool.
1: That should be ready to go sometime in the next few months.
2: Okay, cool. So then before we transition into the rapid fire segment, let People know where they can find you and people that don't you know, outside of Vegas, Nigeria like you, and your your regular audience, where they can find you? Okay, I'm on
1: Instagram at the Kitchen News, I'm also on Twitter at Kitchen News NG, I'm on YouTube at the Kitchen News, and I'm on Facebook at the Kitchen News. I have a website, mm-hmm. it's www.thekitchennewsng.com dot com. Okay. You can reach me on any of the okay.
2: That's awesome. Cool. All right, so now we're going to transition into the rapid-fire segment. Drum roll. <laughs> okay, so let's go. I think... I already think I know the answer to the first question, but... Okay, let's start. Ghana for Nigeria Jolofu. No, but the, for this one, you have to tell me why. Because... I don't want to assume you're saying it because you're Nigerian.
1: Well, no, I'm not saying it because I'm Nigerian. When you look at the two, to be fair, I haven't had Ghana Jollof before, but I would always rep Nigeria. (laughs)
2: It's a ride or die for Nigeria.
1: Nigeria. I feel like uh, Jollof is just plain, simple Jollof. You get to taste um, the flavors Mm. of the actual meal, and you don't have anything competing for your attention.
2: Who um, um, says I Ganyan Jalom has anything I think, in it? Uh, I, uh, so I, so.
1: I don't and think so. I don't think so.
2: We just keep it simple. Okay. Um, next. Swallow or rice? Rice. Coffee or tea?
1: Coffee.
2: Dine in or take out? Dine in. Sweet or salty? Salty. Morning person Home. or night person? Night person. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. When you're feeling lazy, what do you like to cook? What's easy and quick? Eggs. Eggs. That's good. Um, if you could live on one dish for the rest of your life, what would it
1: be? Oatmeal. Oatmeal? Yes. Oatmeal,
2: <laughs> if I had to live on one dish, I would yeah. like
1: oatmeal. I really like oatmeal um, as porridge yeah. or as swaddle. Oh, yeah, you
2: did make it that But then what would you eat with it if it's just swallow? See, then I'll just have my own porridge Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, and then what's your favorite African restaurant? Anyway, it doesn't have to be in Lagos. Anyway,
1: um, I used to like. I still actually do like yellow chili. Okay, I like the. Yam porridge which okay. you should try mm-hmm. by the way. They have bits of snails and beef and stuff cut off in it. Okay. Um, and I really like that. I like their atadiding, do you know what that is? No. It's um it's like a fried pepper kind of sauce. Okay. Um and it's optional if okay. you okay. have a little
2: without I really like that okay. and a actually So yeah, that's okay. my favorite. Cool. That's true. So this is where we wrap up the interview. It was such a pleasure to speak to you, and I'm so I have to say I'm really impressed by what you're doing. And thank you so much. Good luck with um, the summer camp, the event center, event Uh center. Thank you, the event center, and um, yeah, people can reach you on Kitchen News, sort of all over, and hopefully you go to bigger and better things. (laughs) All
1: right,
2: thanks, guys. Mm Hey guys, thanks for listening to Item 13, an Essence 13 production. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes. To keep up to date on news and events from Essence 13, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Essence and the number
0: 13. Thank you.